From the Lucha Podcast Network, this is the Mass Startup Podcast. The Mass Startup Podcast profiles the most talented creators, impactful entrepreneurs, and high-performing professionals with the purpose to drive insights, learnings, and tactics to help you build the things that you believe in. This podcast is sponsored by Sage Accounting. Sage gives entrepreneurs and small businesses the information, insights, and tools they need to succeed. Sign up for a 30-day trial to start using Sage Accounting in your business using the offer code SAGEMASH. This is like um, the moment I tell people that um, I'm recording, they start to change their voice and like change the way they speak and you sort of switch on a persona. I really hope you don't do that. Uh, not that much, no. <laughs> so um, I think that the, the biggest, the biggest, I have to say, the biggest thing with a persona though that I do do is I normally open with, I have my coffee because otherwise somebody might just get killed. That's sort of my tagline <laughs> in all my videos. So, <laughs> How much coffee do you actually drink? <sighs> I think I've had about seven cups today. That doesn't Three, sound healthy four, to me. I, I'm a big coffee drinker, six. but that seems a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I, I had to get focused time, so it was just like more coffee because I need to take the coffee and turn it into software. <laughs> so what did you do before you did, um, you know, really focus on becoming a content creator and like really educating people about, you know, their finances, investing and um, just how to run their businesses better? So uh, I was working basically, well, uh, I think like concerning like money, I've always been working, you know, well with money and uh, that, but I was actually mostly working as a software developer and that's basically my life just revolved around that. Um, and so I read up somewhere and then I just decided, well, you know, why don't I just create a Twitter persona and I didn't want to connect my name to it, actually not even a face to it at the beginning, but later I decided that I can just put my face on there. Oh yeah, I get that. Because people really so, relate to people way more than they do to brands, right? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, think about it. Um, for interest sakes, I've got a, I've got an honors degree where I proved advertising is spam. So, um, and just to elaborate, like what I mean with that is, what happens is, is that if you look at a billboard, would you trust the billboard, or would you trust your best friend that told you that restaurant's really good? My best friend. You trust your friend. Absolutely. Okay, I get so, that. Uh, and I, I think that's the thing with the with the content creators as well, is you trust people. You trust people that's just human like you, um, that actually, you know, have feelings. Yeah, that's true. Um, Corporates don't have feelings. <laughs> well, I think that the best brands have feelings, right? They have philosophies yes. and values and visions that go beyond just money. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And I think that there's a couple of brands that does it really well and that does actually 
show that they care about people. But I think it's a very, very difficult path to to walk. You know, when you when you realize that you have to, uh, you know, still make money but also care about people. That's true. That's true. That makes sense. So, when did you sort of start to very consciously start to try and like educate people about, you know, property investing, finance, um, and overall just how to manage money better? So this is a very interesting thing. Um, I was going through a very tough time uh, at my job at the time. And what happened was uh, with my personality type, they say, if you, if you, if you're not sure about something or, you know, something like that, like that happens, um, you start a new business. And that's what I did. So I literally, I was on Reddit for about a couple of months reading up on financial independence, retiring early and, managing money better and you know working and all of that and i decided well uh after a while like let's just start growing this and um i actually bootstrapped the business uh frugal i bootstrapped it completely and what i did is i didn't even have a blog nothing and i just put on twitter i'm writing a blog post about fees that you you know if you want to buy property and suddenly i doubled my followers and Mm -hmm that weekend I created my blog. (laughs) So um, I was really conscious of the fact that I don't want to create something that would go to waste. I want people to actually value what I create. So um, a lot of the things I would actually test and make sure, is this what the people want? And then, and I built my brand, you know, in that line by aligning it with what the people wanted. Yeah. And what do you think that people didn't understand about, you know, property or investing at the time? And like, I think still now, um, what do you really think the the things that people are missing out on in terms of those things? So I think when it comes to, to money management, I think that sometimes people think that it needs to like be a lot of sleep and, a lot of research and a lot of this and a lot of that and like where do they start i think the thing is that they just don't start um you know for example i mean having an emergency fund for a business or for your properties or in your personal finances is so important uh imagine if you um you know get retrenched or something happens you lose your biggest client uh your tenant doesn't pay for three months you need an emergency fund and it's as simple as just starting putting money away for that and people didn't people don't even know that people don't even do that um i think there's a lot of small things that you can do but i think we're asking the wrong questions sometimes and sometimes it's just you know finding that resource that thing that can just point you in the right direction and uh, um, i think that is the thing that's important for me is just saying here's an open door you can just start at least you know thinking you know, reading this blog post or, um, you know, whatever the case might be. Yeah. And, you know, you've sort of um, pivoted now towards focusing on startups and small businesses and creatives. Um, Let's really get into that. You know, what do you think people are not doing right? And what are the opportunities that a lot of creators and, and small businesses are missing out on? in terms of managing their money better and like being able to use that um, to grow their businesses as well? So I think that people think about money in the wrong way, um, especially like in in business. So oftentimes what you find is uh, people just 
They just work and get money. But they don't actually know if they're making a loss or they're making profit all the time for their projects. So, uh, for example, what I've found uh, in many industries, especially like, um, you know, your creative industries, they work and they get money in, but they don't really know how many hours they've spent on a project or if it's actually been profitable. Uh, and I think that just understanding or just monitoring, and I'm not saying be paranoid and go and do massive Excel spreadsheets. I think just being aware of how much time you spend on something and how much money you're making can give you a very good idea on um, if it is profitable. So for example, um, in a small business, that would look like this. I'm doing software development. I'm spending, you know, I quoted for the job. I spent X amount of hours. I'm getting X amount of money for it. This is how much I'm making from it. As a content creator, I think it's a little bit different because uh, what you're doing is you're giving free content away. But having boundaries in place for the for them as well as for you know the the small business uh, is important because what you need to do in that is you need to say this is what I'm going to give away for free. I'm willing to give you articles. I'm willing to give posts. But as soon as you want some of my time, or you want consulting, or you want me to do work for you. Uh, whether it be sponsored posts, whether it be, um, you know, affiliate marketing type things or um, special content for somebody, then I'm going to charge you. Yeah. And like, I think a lot of people miss that a lot. Um, what do you think that is? I think that, I think that the, um, the big thing for me, and there's something that I'm learning in the lot that I've learned to my small business in the last couple of months is that people don't know when to say yes and when to say no people don't know uh, and i think when the big thing here is is that when you say no to somebody you're saying yes to somebody else so for example if you're saying to a client uh, no i'm not going to work for free for you i'm not going to uh, do all of this extra work and i have not i don't have a contract with you what you're doing is you're saying yes to some other people and some other paid work and even some time where you can focus on finding new clients, for example. Um, if we can say yes and say no, and it's the same with money, you know, if we say yes to buying a cup of coffee, which is very important, we're saying no to something else. So saying yes and saying no to money decisions, when you're, when you're deciding to spend money on um let's say a quality camera, quality microphone as a content creator or a uh, a good theme for your blog, you're basically saying yes to that and opening that as an opportunity as a line of business, whereas you're closing another door. Yeah, definitely. And like, I think that sort of opportunity cost calculation where you're going, hey, how much is it actually going to cost for me to do this instead of something else? Um, a lot of people don't really think about that very consciously because it's not always so, you know, clear what the good decision is and a lot of that is just like um you know the experiences that you have and how they shape you and like how much better you get at making those decisions about which client is going to offer the most value or like the more value that you can offer them as well um you know i think about money and you know creatives or startups or small businesses and i always think that that's the number one challenge that most people have is how they manage their money whether it's coming in or not, like how do you actually be able to plan um, for what you have, what you might get versus um, what you actually you know, need as well? 
Um, how do you think of how creatives and startups and small businesses from day one can start thinking about how they build that sort of runway, um, build a really good, you know, I don't know if it's emergency fund when it comes to small businesses, but like that good base of capital that allows you to navigate in a more confident way. So I think that, um, look, it depends really on, on the type of business. So startups and small businesses, they, it tends to be, um, it, it's very different for different businesses. So for example, uh, for I, I like to call it an emergency fund. Uh, you can call it that you have some capital available in case, um, you know, your biggest client leaves or something bad happens. Um, or you, for example, um, I've spoken to one of my clients recently and he's got a 90 day payment uh, term with a big corporate. So you need to survive for 90 days the first time that you do business with them. And for a small business, that could easily, easily kill uh, you know, your whole business. It just dies. So I think there's a couple of things with regards to that that you can keep in mind to manage your money better than as a small business when things like that this comes. The one is, yes, having some capital available. Now, in some cases, it, it, it makes sense. In a startup, for example, uh, especially tech startups and that, it isn't always possible to have, uh, you know, that as an emergency fund as such, um, as you are, you know, trying to bootstrap and create an MVP already. Um, but it is good having capital available and free-flowing. Normally with a, a startup, you do have funding uh, available already, uh, a VC or somebody that's uh, injected some money in there. But obviously, you know, you do need to make sure that that runway, uh, you're not going to run out of money. So what I tell my clients as well, and what I believe anybody should do is cut expenses. And I'm talking about things that's not valuable. So for example, if your clients, if your clients for your small business, they love the way, like this amazing smell of the coffee and the coffee that they get when you come to, they come to your office, keep it because it's valuable. But if it's not valuable, just leave it, just cut it out. Uh, if you don't need a full, you know, huge server that costs you 15,000 rand a month, don't have that. So um, yes, there's definitely a thing of keeping what's valuable and then just chucking the stuff that's not. Yeah. And like, how do you make those decisions, right? Like, um, you know, during lockdown, like the very first lockdown, everyone was talking about just, you know, cutting as much of your expenses, making sure that you are focused on spending money on things that actually create value. Like, how do you make those decisions around what actually creates value versus what is just a add-on or something that you can actually survive with? So um, there's a couple of things here. Um, I think in a in a business environment, for me, um, there's for me as a, as a small business owner as well. Uh, I'm very mindful of my day, and I plan my day. I know what I'm using and what I'm not using. So, for example, uh, you know, in a tech environment, you can say, you know, looking at the amount of um, traffic that you're getting to your website or to the server, and you can say, do I really need that big thing? On the other hand as well, it could be as simple as saying, well, I don't, you know, if it's in personal finance, you would say, I'm not going to the gym, so why am I paying for it? Or it might be a thing of, I have office space, but, you know, I'm constantly in meetings outside. I hardly ever see a client there. So do I really do, do I really need that office space? So it, it, there's a very big thing of mindfulness um, that you become aware of what's important to you. Because if you don't know what's important to you, you won't know what's not important. That's so true. That's so true. Um, you know, creative 
um, sort of pursuits, right? So becoming a creator or like running creative business often have very, you know, um, non-traditional ways of operating and like how they actually earn money and stuff like that. What sort of advice do you have around the thinking that needs to be present um, in someone that's trying to build a creative business or be a creator themselves? Because I think, you know, money management in a startup versus a small business versus a creator is very, very different. But what do you think around the creator part of it? So um, I think there's two things. So the one is, is that um, you need to align with what the people want. So as a content creator, for example, um, I think it's really important that you align what you're doing with them. So um, I like the lean startup idea of a build, measure, learn cycle. So you build something, you measure it, and you learn from it. But I try and bootstrap it. So um, I find that for me, what I need to do is I'll have a tweet. I see what the response is. I build something. And then I you know, build a blog post, for example. And then I look and I measure and see what is the feedback from that. Uh, it just means that I cut away wastage, which is um, the second part of it for me. We spend so much time on things that's not important. And if we can focus on the things that's really important, then we're going to actually make money from those things. But if we're going to spend our time, you know, tweaking our logos, um, that's not important. Look, having a good logo, logo is cool. But if your content's not great, you can have the most beautiful logo in the world. Nobody's going to read your stuff. Nobody's going to want to follow you. So... I think that the other part of that that I just want to mention here as well is that um, I read a really cool book. And one of the lines in the book says, I will not solve my client's problems until we are engaged. What that means is that I don't work for free, but also I work with my clients, not for my clients. So uh, if I need to dig into who they are and what they do and, you know, in whatever way that might be, I charge for that. And we shouldn't be ashamed of charging money for the work that we do. Yeah. And like, what do you think goes into charging for creative work? You know, like, I think everyone's really talking about this because, you know, there is no formal standard or like just a very clear measuring stick that says, you know, if I design a logo or uh, build a website or make something for someone, whether it's a piece of art or something like that, um, there's no actual definitive measure of those things. But how do you think of those things um, from a creative perspective? Okay, so I think this is very interesting because, like you say, there, there's no measure measure stick to say, um, you know, this is worth 5,000 Rand, this is worth 50,000 Rand, 200 Rand, whatever the price might be. So um, I think for a work of art, um, especially if it's a commission, working with your clients is so, so vital for this. And what I tend to do, and I, I think in a, in a startup environment, especially tech startup, uh, as well as with regards to small businesses, what I'm, I'm talking about more like software development, those type of things. And it actually works very well for like design agencies and creatives like that is doing a diagnostic for a client so that you can say, listen, I've done my research. I know what I need to do for you rather than pitching. Um, I don't pitch. And for the simple reason that I don't compete with other people, you take me because of my skill set and the value that I can add to your business. 
So what I do is, like I said, I do a diagnostic with a client. I say, I'm going to spend some time. I'm going to give you a research document and I'm going to give you, that as my proposal to you. I'll also give you my time estimates, my price breakdown and everything. And it's also a nice way to say, are you serious about doing business with me? So I really do think that clients need to, you know, yes, there are certain things that you give away for free. You do blog posts, um, you do uh, photos and content and that for your uh, audience. But also when it comes to a client, uh, I don't want to solve their problems until, you know, there's uh, some money in the bank. Absolutely. <laughs> and like, I think that's a that's an important like distinction to have. Um, you know, just moving on to really focusing on small businesses, you know, um, this series that I'm doing, you know, with you and other creators um, is really around the Sage, you know, accounting software and the work that they're doing to empower small businesses. How important do you think tools like that are for a small business, for a creator to have in place um, to manage their money better? So here's the interesting thing. Um let me tell you the story of my life and uh, my my accountant's life. So Please do. My, my tax person. So when I started out many years ago, um, I was doing some graphic design work and I designed my invoices in Illustrator and Photoshop. She almost had a heart attack um, every single year. So it was just becoming unmanageable because I had to keep track of every single invoice, every single payment that was done or wasn't done. And as you might know, sometimes clients pay half here, half there. It's an absolute nightmare, uh, you know, to keep track of it. There's a point where you, that you reach where you're like, I need some stuff. And even with my business now, I mean, just think about things like um, slippies, you know, invo uh, invoices that get sent via email and everything. Having some f accounting software and something that manages this stuff for you just helps you to, to focus on the things that's really important. Uh, you know, if you can have a single view very quickly of all of your invoices, all of your slippies, and just getting all of that stuff in a single place so that you can just hand it over to your accountant and say, now you go and do what you need to do because I can invoice from this place. I can say, yes, it's been paid. What a dream. So what sort of tips or advice do you have for someone that's really trying to automate their business or really like take care of the things that really matter in their business? So, you know, but the thing is, is that, um, <coughs> oh my goodness, sorry. So, so you see, the thing is, is that um, what we oftentimes do is we just try and just do business. But the thing is, is that if we can do small things to make our lives easier, then why not? The one is optimizing our time. We want to spend dedicated time to service clients that's paying us money. And what we also want to do then is have dedicated time for, uh, for example, checking emails. Because if we're going to check emails every 20, 25 minutes, we're not going to get focus time. So the one thing I think definitely, because if you optimize your time, you get more money. You can basically then fit in more. On the other hand as well, what I find really important is splitting your personal life and your business life. And for small business and startups, this is sometimes really challenging to do. But we need to do the same with our money. So, for example, um, we should not be invoicing uh, in our personal capacity if we do have a business on the side. Because uh, I know as a sole proprietor, it is convenient to just lump it all together. But even as a sole proprietor, it is good to say, okay, 
I have my the money from my business on the one side and I have my personal money on the other because then you can quickly see if your small business, your freelance work and your side hustles are actually making money. Uh, I really do think as well that it's very important that you do keep track of your products, your inventory, if you do have, um, because oftentimes what happens, and I've got a friend who, who started a side hustle uh, selling shoes and he's doing really well. And he does keep track of all of the shoes because if he doesn't, then if some pairs of shoes goes missing and, you know, he's just like, oh my goodness, where's the stuff gone? So that he also knows what's going on. Um, and I think the biggest one for me with that is that just having a form of a budget, whether it's uh, in Excel that you know how much money comes in and goes out, but you need to be mindful of is this making money? Is your business making money? And I think if you do have accounting software that actually does uh, track all of these things, your money going out, your money going, you know, coming in, then you, at least you can see how your business is doing. Absolutely, man. Like, I think th there's just so much um, that entrepreneurs and small businesses can learn, um, not just from people like you, but like so many more, where you really don't have to do everything yourself. And that distinction between whether you're working versus, you know, just having a personal time um, can be so important. Um, just to close off, like, because I, I really want to keep this short for the people that listen in. Um, what do you think is the number one mistake that most entrepreneurs and small businesses are making in terms of investing and money management um, right now? And how can they fix it? So here's the thing. I think they go too big. I honestly think they're trying to solve too many problems at the same time. And what they oftentimes do is they're trying to build the Ferrari when the customers only need the Mini. So if we can scale back and find out what the Mini is that they really need, then we can actually save a lot of wastage of money and make the clients still very happy. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, thought, I think that's so simple versus what I thought it would be. But I think it's so perfect as well. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Um, shout out again to the amazing team at Sage that, you know, have put this series together. And we're super, super excited to share um, all the amazing things that we're doing with them as well. So, yeah, thank you so much. man. Awesome. Thank you. Oh, man, I'm going to have to edit the shit out of this. I'm so... access previous episodes of this podcast but also again access to other shows on our network please visit lucha.com